Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. Brand new Flyers Daily for Saturday, the 18th of February. As the Flyers will be back in action tonight. Get your nap in today because it's late night hockey in Vancouver. We get another Flyers after dark, 10 o'clock puck drop in Vancouver. Vancouver is riding a three-game skid right now. They've lost five of their last six. The only game they won was on the road against the New York Islanders. They came out east and took on the New Jersey Devils, lost in overtime, went to the New York to take on the Rangers, lost 4-3, then beat the Islanders. Then uh, on that road trip also lost to Detroit, returned home, lost to Detroit 6-1, lost to the Rangers 6-4, and it's the Flyers tonight at Vancouver to take on the Canucks. Now the Canucks, interesting team because... They're a team that can score. They're 11th in the NHL in scoring. They average 3.31 goals per game. Here's the problem. They also give up a lot of goals. Thatcher Demko's been out. He's their top goaltender. They allow 4.05 goals per game. Only the Ducks give up more goals per game than do the Vancouver Canucks. So who leads the way when it comes to scoring for the Canucks? Obviously, there's been some changes there this year. Bruce Boudreaux. I kind of strung along for quite an extended period of time. But 53 games played for Elias Pettersson, and he's got 66 points. 25 goals, 41 assists, 14 power play assists, only two power play goals. But Bo Horvat, who is no longer there, now with the New York Islanders, had 11 power play goals. Also, Quinn Hughes, great uh, power play defenseman, two goals and 24 assists on the power play alone. And in 51 games this season, He's got 51 points, 5 goals, and 46 helpers. JT Miller, who they extended, 49 points in 55 games. And Kuzmenko has got uh, 47 points in 54 games as well. So it's going to be the Flyers in Vancouver to take on the Canucks tonight. And a good opportunity for the Flyers to show that what happened in that game against Seattle that kicked off the road trip on Thursday night was not a trend that's going to move forward. That's what they got to do. They got to stem the tide of a lack of structure. It looked like a lack of readiness to play the game. Seattle all over them in both of those games, and in particular that one in Seattle, the 6-2 win against the Flyers. So they look to get back to, to their structure, blocking shots, play from your goal crease out, aggressive in the offensive zone, get to the middle, and create traffic for the goaltender. That's what they got to do. TK had two goals in that game, the 6-2 loss. And while those goals don't mean a whole heck of a lot to the outcome of that game, maybe this gets TK going again, uh, riding that 13-game goal drought. He uh, he ended that the other night with the two goals in Seattle. Real quick in this episode, too, before we get to a listener email and a listener direct message, uh, I just wanted to comment on the Torts press conference that happened after the Seattle game. Now, I saw a lot of commentary posted with the video on social media. I was tagged in a few and just, you know, scrolling and seeing people's thoughts on what took place, what what I call a pretty contentious news conference after a very tough loss. Now, I think we all know at this point that when games like that do happen, Torts is not going to expound on his thoughts because maybe he's learned from himself that he's highly emotional. I remember early in my career, anytime anything at the workplace went sideways or I had a gripe, I used to just fire off an email or have a conversation. Eventually I learned 
that I'm my own worst enemy by doing that. Because what I'm doing in that conversation or in that email is I'm speaking with emotion, too much emotion, emotion of the moment. You got to let the emotion pass so you can then speak about it with a calm mind. And he doesn't want to throw his players under the bus. And it did get contentious between uh, Gianahan of the Inquirer and Torts. And, you know, his first job, first and foremost, because I saw a lot of this on social media, you know, his first job is not to answer to the fans. I saw some people saying that. His first job is to those players in the team to improve them. And in that situation, I don't think Torts sees any upside to spewing emotionally in that spot. You know, the, the people really matter to him are those guys in that locker room. And he's not going to violate what he said after the game. That's a sanction. That, that The locker room is a, a, a sacred place, and he's not going to do that. I think the most important thing, although we would like an explanation, our curiosity wants an explanation. If we pay for tickets for a game or our investment as a fan, we feel like we're ento- entitled to an explanation. But sometimes that explanation... It's more important that he hold it back because that can move the team forward. You don't want a coach going into the media highly emotional and saying things that check the team out because we've seen that in sports. Today's athlete hears those things, sees those things on social media. In a, in a world with so much news and instant news, they can't not. So where's the benefit for the club? So I just wanted to kind of give my thoughts on that because I saw a lot of people saying he owes the fans an explanation after a game like that. I don't feel that way. I think what he's owed is to find a way to get the team not to play that way the next game. That's what he's owed. Now the organization has to speak and, you know, give you some information at certain times. But as far as after a 6-2 loss on the road, I don't think that they towards has to give an explanation for that. And he met with the media today. We're going to play him in a minute. And he was not emotional. And the wall wasn't up. I think towards at times, I think he's learned from a lot of the mistakes that he made. And he used to go out there and be combative. He's still combative. But he used to go out there and lay some guys out. And I think he's learned that with today's athlete, you just can't do that. So let's get to Torch from today. He met with the media in Vancouver, where they flew after the game and after practice. So here's what Torch had to say the day after. It's a good work day. Flush the system, kind of get a reset for him. Move the blood and then, yeah, get him out of bed. Just looking at last night, how much of it was what they were doing that kind of disrupted your guys and just maybe didn't recover well? Well, I, I think they're a really good hockey team. I, I think sometimes when, when you lose a game, I listen to other coaches, and I think we all do it. We're always blaming our team uh, that when we lose. Uh, but I have a tremendous amount of respect how Hack has handled that situation there. Um, everybody's crawling up his ass. He's going to get fired this year. I think he's done a terrific job there with a, with a very balanced lineup and, a, and a, a lineup that plays hard. 
we talked to a couple of the players just now about the importance of starting to get back to your identity that you st had started to establish as the season was coming along here. How do you start to impose your will on some of these, these teams? Even? Well, go, going through the experiences of another game tomorrow night, uh, do we answer the proper way? We don't play well in our building against Seattle. We have another chance to answer in their building a few days later. We don't do it there. Um, so it, it's just a matter of uh, uh, trying to get it back on the rails and then play with some consistency. They said they didn't feel like they lacked that identity until these past few games. So it's what were the points of emphasis today? Or was it just like a general mentality or were there specific things? Yeah, it, it, today's practice is today's practice, but it, it it hasn't been often during the year that uh, uh, we've had to broach this subject as far as playing hard. Uh, but the past two nights, it's right there staring at us. So um, you don't change that through a practice. Uh, you don't change that through meetings. Uh, you change it by getting back on the ice and doing it. And uh, I think tomorrow night's a very important game for us, trying to answer the proper way. They all said they prepared, they knew what type of practice they were going to go through, and they were just going to do it together. Were you pleased with the way they came out and came together? We, we, the, one thing about the National Hockey League, we've got great athletes and uh, with great attitudes, no matter what, uh, how you push them, how you go about it, um, I think it creates a camaraderie. And uh, uh, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not in their mind. Uh, they certainly didn't know what the practice was because I didn't know what it was going to be until I woke up this morning. But they prepared themselves the proper way, and I thought they practiced well. Uh, no matter how mad we get at them, it, it winning and losing, and some of the things that go on with it, we have really good people in our league, and uh, that's always there. You mentioned that over the last couple of games, the work ethic has been a bit of an issue. You said that this season it hasn't been. Why do you feel like it, it has been just over these last? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, if I if I knew. We would have stopped it after one game. We would have stopped it after one period. Uh, it comes and goes. All teams go through it. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm just, uh, uh, we need to try to catch them now before they go down the road further. And uh, that, that's, that's what we have to bring to our attention. And, and again, it, it, it's not like that's what this team is. I haven't had this, we haven't had this conversation many times this year as far no matter if we've won or loss we haven't had this conversation hope we don't have it again trying to pull anything out of the third period yesterday can even garbage time goals get a no. guy like tk going or no well, with, with tk individually yeah. any goal scorer no matter what empty netter uh off his ass whatever it may be it always helps that uh, uh but the the other stuff uh and there really wasn't much good stuff either uh, other than that hopefully that will relax him a little bit and uh and get him back on track. There he is, John Tortorella, and what he said about we haven't had to broach this subject of playing hard very often this season, but it's right there staring us in the face from our last two games. That's attacking it head on, and that's uh, that that's an important element. And Torts went on to say, as you heard, that we gotta gotta end it right away. The longer you go playing without structure and without that resilience and playing to what they've called so many times this year a standard, the more you do that, the easier it gets to play like that. And it's a miserable experience because the coaches are going to make it miserable because that is something that can be controlled. So the Flyers, 
That's one thing that needs to come out tonight is they got to be ready to play, play with that resilience, play to the identity that they've played most of this season with. It's it's kind of, I don't want to use the word funny, but it's kind of funny because I asked Torts about this before the Vancouver or before the Seattle game when I spoke with them on Wednesday for Thursday's Flyers Daily that you're in this position now of the dog days of the season. Is this when slippage can take place? And it's mental slippage and it's being prepared and willing to go out there and block the shot or make the play when you've been grinding at a season for five months at this point. And sometimes you're just going, you just don't feel like doing it. It's just like any other job. Some days you go in and you just, you're like, you know what? I really don't feel like being super productive, me today. And, you know, players, professionals, you got to push through that and you got to find a way to motivate yourself. And that's what they need to show tonight. They need to not let the two, the last two games, both against Seattle, both losses, turning to three games and then four games. And you're on the road and it becomes a miserable trip. That's what's got to be stemmed tonight in Vancouver. Let's get to a, a listener email and a listener DM. We'll start with the DM. The DM comes from uh, Dan. He says, uh, hey, Jason, let me start by saying I begin my drive to work every day with your pod. Catch up while grocery shopping on weekends. I enjoy listening to you on the radio. And you're here for my Daily Flyers content. He said, I heard a question on uh, Riley and Nasty's Nasty Knuckles podcast recently about captaincy. And the question was, who do you think the next captain will be? He said, I have two different questions on this topic. Why do we in this town put so much emphasis on the player with the C? I hear older folks who were around when Bob Clark was the captain and hold every other captain since to that standard. It seems as though it meant something to that generation, which leads to question number two. Don't most teams have leadership groups? Forgive me if you've spoken about this before. I can't remember off the top of my head if you have. But to me, the C is the guy who talks to the refs and represents the team in the media. I'm curious if different generations have different outlooks on the captaincy and the responsibility of a captain. Love the pod. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Dan. Great note and great topic. And, uh, you know, in this town, we do. We put a lot on the player that wears the C. Anytime things go wrong, players don't play well, well, the captain's not leading. Or, you know, the, the primary, first and foremost, I'll go to your second question, because it is a leadership group. You have different factions of players in a 20, 22-man locker room. You have your vocal leaders. You have your lead-by-example guys. You have your kind of wallflowers, I'll call them. They're there. They follow, but they're not leaders. And you have, sometimes you have the virus. And you have to have a team, you can't have the virus because that's a problem. But a leadership group is generally six to eight players on a hockey team. And it's, they all serve different purposes. It's the dynamic of the room that determines what each leader, what they're responsible for. Sometimes a leader is the guy that cuts the tension, keeps it light at the right times. Another guy may be the guy that, when there's slippage in play, is the one that kicks the coaches out and says something or calls out players or calls out the team, himself included. And then there's other ones that, you know, just come and they just work hard every day, total pro, come in, put in their work, get their workouts in, always ready to go. And then you have your guys that, just like anything else, that aren't necessarily leaders, they're not comfortable in that role, but they will follow a leader. So that's kind of the 
the dynamics, I think, of a locker room. And, yeah, look, Bob Clark was a great captain in this town. And maybe the captaincy does mean more to that generation. I caught the tail end of Clarkie's career. But, you know, even through the 80s with Dave Poulin, you know, the job of the captain is really to be the liaison between the media and the team, well, the media and the players, also to be the liaison between the players and the coach and the players and the GM. That's a lot of what the actual captaincy is for. But great question, Dan. Appreciate it. Thank you for sending it. And let's go to an email. It comes from Alec. He says, hey, Jason, first off, love the show. Been a listener almost every day since last January and through good times and bad. Your show is something I can keep constant in my life and very appreciative of that. He said, I'll definitely reach out more in the near future with specifics on the team, but actually had a question about your process with the show, with the podcast. Do you watch the game live and take notes during or perhaps a rewatch later? Collect thoughts and then record? Just wondering on the steps it takes to making a new recording of the podcast each day. He said, P.S. I'm a huge metal guy myself. Wouldn't mind a little Judas Priest in there again soon. Thanks, Alec. Um, so my process on the show, I watch the game because I do pre-intermission and post-game as it's live. Um, I do have the ability through some internet services that we have as broadcasters to go back and look at things in different angles. So I will go back and I tend to always go back and look at every goal the Flyers score, which lately hasn't been much, (laughs) and every goal they allow. And I don't just look at the goal part. I look at what led to the goal. That's the big thing for me. How, where did the breakdown happen? Where did the great execution happen? Because a lot of times that's where you'll find, you know, an exit of a D zone is often the way a goal is scored. You know, almost 200 feet away, 160 feet away, a decision or a great play made there sets up the goal. So I always look for those things. I don't take many notes. I'm not a note taker during games. I just, I'm generally a person that doesn't plan a whole lot or write a whole lot down. Sometimes when I do an interview, I'll sketch some things out, just kind of a, a blueprint. But I found that if, I, I, for me, that's over-preparing, and I get paralysis by too much analysis, and it doesn't sound natural. So I just wing it. I don't really, I just talk about what's on the top of my mind and what I'm thinking in the moment, and and that's how I generally do it. And with interviews, it's just basically a conversation. So that's kind of how it works. So after a game, I'll take some time, listen to the press conferences. I'll go back and watch a few things. And then I'll get set to record here in my home studio. If it's a home game, I come back from the building and I'll record it when I get home around 1130. And uh, if it's a home game, I get I wrap up here at home and then I just record and do a little bit of tightening up and some editing. I don't do a whole lot of editing at all. Um, and we put out the podcast and I post it and that's it. So that's kind of the process that I go through. But no, I'm not a guy that tends to really come up with a, a real concise plan for each episode. I kind of wing it. And I found that's best for me. I know a lot of people do plan a lot out. Sometimes when I guest on a podcast, they say, we're going to ask you about this, this, and this. And I say, I don't even want to read it. Just ask me. I'll deal with it. <laughs> I'll, I, I don't want to have a prepared answer to a prepared question. That's just not the way I I like to do it. But thanks for the note, Alec. Appreciate it. Flyers-Vancouver tonight in Vancouver. Second game of a four-game road trip. We'll break it down tomorrow. See if the Flyers can 
get back to playing with that high standard once again. We'll find that out tonight. We'll break it down tomorrow on Flyersdale.